You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM, The Fan, uh, here in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with our guy, Nathan Marzian. You can follow Nathan on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. And, of course, you can download Green and Growing on your Odyssey app, wherever you download your favorite podcast at, or you can also check it out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. We normally record Monday and Thursday nights, this being Monday evening at around 5.30 or so as we record this one, live streaming it on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Uh, okay, Nathan Marzian, let's uh, let's get into it here uh, on these Summer League games. Now, let's remind everybody of Marzian's take on Summer League games. Yeah, Summer League games, who cares? Blah, 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 blah. Overrated. I'm not going to let myself overreact to a bunch of Summer League games. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, and, and th- that's fine. I'm down with that. I get that. I still encourage you and anybody else to go see Summer League games because it's just a very, very cool experience. Having said all of that, now through the first two games, Marzian, did you watch them, I guess, is the first one because you weren't that excited about them to begin with. And, and second of all, uh, do you have any reaction whatsoever or am I going to carry this podcast myself? What do you got, Marzian? So I watched part of the second game. I didn't really watch the Against first Phoenix? game. Against Yeah, I didn't really watch the first game. I just watched kind of the highlights of that game and um, some of the stuff that made its way onto Twitter. And... Really, the the only thing, because again, I don't I don't take stuff away from summer league. Like I really try not to. I I think it's just a trap. And I think you didn't watch Weminyama. I did watch Weminyama. Uh-huh. I like I like I watched it. But again, I'm not gonna take him having a bad first game and be like, oh, here, there it is. He's not gonna be that good. He's and then the know. second game he plays a lot better. Yeah, it's like and so I'm just like and and the second game you know he puts up 27 points, whatever. Like yeah, but at the same time okay, he's also going against guys that are far worse than him, so I can't yep. necessarily look at that and say that that's the truth either. Like, it's usually somewhere in the middle. Um, But anyways, like, I mean, I, I'll watch Summer League. I just don't take stuff away from it. I try not to let my mind draw conclusions from it and actually, like, say, oh, this is meaningful, because it's not. It's really not. Look at the history of it. Look at the guys, some of the guys that have played well, some of the guys that have played poorly, and you can find... I mean, just from the Bucks, you can find tons of guys that lit it up in Summer League and were averaging 25 in Summer League and 20 in Summer League and just aren't NBA players. And that's why I'm just like, I can't look at a guy having a nice Summer League game or a couple nice Summer League games and say, oh, yeah, he really needs to be, you know, a starter for us or uh, uh, he needs to be in our rotation. And it's like, hold on, like, let's let's see how he does in the NBA first. Um, the only thing that, like, I've noticed that I think actually – you know, could translate over to the NBA. Marjan does look stronger. He looks a little bit more decisive, confident um, on his drives, which I have liked. And so, yeah, I mean, that's something that I'm I'm hoping will transfer <coughs> over to the league 
and something that he kind of struggled with last year. It seemed like he wasn't decisive whenever he put the ball on the floor. It was kind of like, you know, I, I just felt like he didn't know what he was going to do half the time and didn't really look very confident. And he did, you know, the confidence looks like it's there more when he puts the ball on the floor. So that's a good thing. But again, he's going against guys that he should be dominating. I'm not going to look at him scoring 20 and 23 and be like, oh, yeah, he needs to start for us because he's a second-year first-round pick going against largely guys that are undrafted, you know, rookies or second, whatever. I would hope that he can, you know, if he's a, a first-round pick that's in his second year now, I would hope he can play really, really well in these games. I'm glad he is. Um, and so that's, you know, when I look at it, like I with the with the first-round picks, it's like it's more a sign if they're bad, okay, I'll take that as like a, a bigger sign for me than if they're good because if they're good, that's what I expect. I expect them to be the best player in these games or one of the best players in these games. Whereas if, you know, if you're a first-round pick who – is kind of just another guy in these games, <clears throat> Johnny Davis. If you're just a first-round pick who's another guy in one of these games, that that seems to be like Downtown a sign that, more. hey, I'm just saying, the dude is whatever. Top 10 pick and not doing much. Like those type of guys, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe there's something to be worried about. Maybe there's, you know, because if you're a, again, first-round lottery pick, top 10 pick, in this at this competition level and you're not separating from the others, it's just like, why are like why are you not the best player in this game? You know it doesn't. Make I agree. Much sense. I think that's I so. think that's a fair expectation for the caliber of talent that you're talking about as far as where they're drafted. I I don't have any disagreement there. Bochamp was not good in the first half of the first game. Yeah, looked no different. I was like, okay, so you worked out with Giannis. This could be life changing and all this stuff. Okay, fine. Let's. I can't wait to see what this looks like. Mm. Uh, second half of that game got better. Uh, Phoenix looked much better, and like you said. Uh, the ability to slash and get to the rim when he wanted to, he was able to do that. Uh, he hit a couple of threes. I, I don't. I still am not convinced that he's going to do anything. Uh, I know he wants to be great, and that is part of the battle because not everybody wants to be great, believe it or not, in this league. A lot of guys just want to make sure they get their checks, and that, that's about the extent of it. This dude's willing to work and put in the time to try and continue to improve his game. So we'll see what this looks like. It is – Good, as you pointed out, that he's better than he was last year in the same summer leagues, right? He looks better than he did last year. So he has improved. Has he improved to the point where I think he's going to be in the rotation? It's only summer league. We'll see him when we get to preseason. But I don't think he's in a rotation right now. If it's me looking at this Bucks rotation, I don't think he's playing. Uh, then you look at Andre Jackson. Good Lord. Listen, you said it when they drafted him. And I didn't disagree. Like, you got to be able to shoot some, and we're going to put you out there with Giannis. I mean, I'm not going to say he was as bad as you in that video you tweeted out, but it, it was similar. It was It's pretty similar, Marzian. He was looking like you in that video in these summer league games so far. Now, he had a put-back dunk in that Phoenix game or follow dunk. That was cool. Like, and, and he did it, and the announcers, who was it, Channing Fry? He's like, oh, you know, they say he's got hops. Great. So he's got hops. That's good. Smart, basketball IQ guy, right? Knows we'll make the right pass. Good defender, team guy first, all about the team. And those are all good things. But to your point, if Bochamp can't shoot, this dude can't shoot, and then uh, the other guy that they took, the, the other second-round pick, who Let they gave see. a four-year freaking deal to, now we know why. 
Rich Paul was like, don't draft my guy. Don't draft my guy. Let him get to the Bucks. Let him get, let, don't draft my guy. Well, now I know why. Because Horace made this deal with the devil of, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll give you all this $7 million. Now, again, yeah, $7 million over four years ain't squat, right? So it's not a lot of money. But for the last pick of an NBA draft, that's crazy talk. Crazy talk. And we'll get to the interview that he did talking about this dude from Kentucky uh, when we get to that point. He, too, had looked all that good to me. Like, that, I'm not overly excited by what I see about him. He's an athlete. And I'll tell you what's concerning me a little bit, Marzian. I'll tell you what's concerning. John Hammond, who's no longer the GM in Orlando, by the way. I don't know if you missed that or not, but no longer the GM. Now he's some senior consultant. I think John's, like, ready to retire and be done. So he's just kind of help out. When John Hammond was in Milwaukee, and I love me some John Hammond, but John Hammond wanted guys that were long, that could jump out of the gym, run, athletes. That's what he wanted. Shooting, not important. He wanted everything else. I swear to God, outside of DiVincenzo, who have they drafted that's been an actual damn shooter outside of DiVincenzo in the last like decade? All they draft are guys that can get out and run. Jennings could get hot, yes, but he wasn't that guy. They don't draft shooters necessarily. And we'll get to the horse interview because he said something in there. I really want Marzian, who's the numbers guy in this show, to tell me that he's right. I, I, I didn't go through the time of looking up all these numbers. He said something in there. And I was like, huh? What? What are you talking about? And I didn't go look. But I'm sure Marzian would be like, oh, no, Spark. He's right. He's right. You're overreacting. And that, that's fine. We get to that point. But seriously, they don't draft guys that shoot. Am I, who am I missing? A.J. Green, he was undrafted. They didn't draft him. They just gave him a deal, too. The only the only other guy they the only other guy they drafted that was a shooter was Rashad Vaughn. Um, ah, that stop, stop. So you're laughing yourself. Stop. Hey, I'm just saying he was a shooter, but no, I know what you're saying. And personally, I like myself. I've always been of the mindset that athleticism is a little bit overrated, and I'd rather a guy. I'd, I'd rather my team just be like, again, I'd rather have a bunch of Chris Middletons on my team than, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, a good example, but then a player who's more athletic but isn't actually like as good at basketball. Um, I don't know, like Kevin Porter or something like that. It's like, yeah, those guys are faster. They're more athletic. They, you know, but they're just not as good of players. Whereas Chris is a guy that's just like, no, he's not athletic. He doesn't have the burst, but he just plays basketball really well. And now, I don't mind them doing this though, because at this point, this team did need, and Horace talked about that in his interview. They needed some athleticism, some speed, a little jolt to that. So I don't mind them. I, I wanted them to go for that in the draft. Now, I would have preferred that they, you know, take a guy if they, you know, when they traded up to 30, 35, 36, whatever it was. Yes, I, you know, I wanted athleticism. I wanted a, a wing, a, wing, a fast wing guy that played good defense but I just was hoping they could be a little bit of a shooter and not like not, you know, not a threat at all. That's the only reason I had a gripe with it is I was like, I love what he gives you defensively. I love his, his feel for the game. You know, I love his athleticism, his wingspan, all that, his length. I just like, if a guy is that much of a non-threat shooting the ball, that's where I'm like, okay, some of that stuff, it's, it almost, counteract some of that stuff because it's like if you're that bad offensively from the perimeter it really can screw things up and all of a sudden yeah you're playable defensively you're playable in all these other assets of the game but in the most basic one of shooting 
you're not. And that's just where I'm like, that that's that's the only reason I had a little bit of a gripe with the pick. Um, and it was kind of the same thing with Bochamp coming out. I loved his defense, loved his athleticism, loved his length. And he was kind of the same way where I was like, he, he is, you know, there's that much of a question mark offensively that I'm like, I just don't know what he'll turn into because he's he does seem to be pretty far away. It's not like someone that is always oh, a 32% three-point shooter. It's not great, but, you know, he, he easily could improve a little bit and be, be solid. Like, no, Andre Jackson was like a 25% three-point shooter. I think Bochamp coming out was 27. And there's some serious question marks about that aspect of their game. So, yeah, they they've definitely started to go more towards the the athleticism and the speed and all that, which is good. I just don't want them to go too far towards it where we're back to, you know, 2015 bucks where we started the longest, you know, we had the, the longest starting lineup. It was like MCW, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Jabari, and Greg Monroe. But you're like, okay, really only one of those guys can shoot. And it's like, they weren't that good. They just were long and athletic. So yeah, I, I don't want them to go too far towards that. I don't mind them using a couple picks on some some athletic guys, but the shooting is definitely a concern. And, you know, I don't know. It, it's just it's hard to to just trust that that aspect of their game is going to develop. But at the same time, if I had to choose between, and I'll ask you this question too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you had to choose between shooters who aren't very athletic and don't play good defense or non-shooters who are pretty athletic and do play good defense, which would you rather have? So Grayson Allen or Andre Jackson? Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much it, yeah. Grayson Allen's no, gonna, but, but Grayson Allen's going to play over Andre Jackson. But Grayson's, I mean, Grayson's an okay defender. I would say more like A.J. Green versus Andre Jackson. Oh, A.J. Green's definitely going to play. Because you of who you have on the floor with Gian, it's Giannis. You'd like, rather have a, but let me explain. You'd rather have AJ Green than Andre Jackson as like added to this team. Like, like well, they if, already if, did put him under contract. Yeah, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, if if let's say neither of those guys were on the team right. on draft night, and they trade up to 36, and they had opportunity shooter. to draft AJ Green, or they could draft Andre Jackson. Which one would you rather yeah, draft? The shooter. Yeah, give me. You rather draft? I see. For me, I'd rather take the athletic guy that can't shoot in in that spot because to me. Again, we need some youth, or we need some athleticism right now, and I think that those guys have a little bit higher ceiling because what they're bad at is more teachable than telling AJ Green, "Hey, just be more athletic, play better defense." That's not as easy as teaching AJ Andre Jackson to shoot. This is the thing. I think it depends on who are your superstars on your team, right? If I'm Phoenix, Jackson makes all the sense in the world. I got shooters in Beal and Booker and Durant. 
I'm good. I got enough. Like, I'll take him to come onto the floor and help defend with three shooters around him. He doesn't have to shoot. Like, that's fine. He just has to be get out in transition for Kevin Durant to outlet the ball, you two, or Beal or, or Booker. Fine, that makes sense. When your superstar can't shoot all that great either, and he's your best player, then you do have to surround him with more shooting. Like, to me, that just makes a lot of sense. Middleton can shoot it, yes, but health is a question with him, right? We don't know. Drew Holiday, hit or miss. Sometimes he'll throw up 40. Other times you're like, okay, he's not feeling it tonight, and we have to go in a different direction. So to me, with this team, it made more sense to get a shooter more than a guy that has no idea what he's doing out there. Now, when they hired Adrian Griffin, as we've talked about, player development, that was his top floor thing. That was the number one thing, right? Jimmy Butler, oh, he, man, I wouldn't be where I am without Adrian Griffin. Okay. So now you get these dudes that you're going to try and develop and get better. I said it. I've said it since the season ended. They looked old and they looked slow. So I'm with John Horse. Yes, they had to get younger. They had to get more athletic. I agree. I'm with you. My problem is, however, and again, like you said, it's only summer league. I don't think it matters with Jackson. Like, I don't. I don't yeah, think yeah. this is who this dude is right now. Now, maybe next year in summer league, he'll shoot a little bit better after a year of working with these get coaches and stuff, and they'll figure it out. But as of right now, this is kind of who this dude probably is going into the season. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, again, I like I asked that question, you know, would you rather have an athletic guy that can't shoot or a non-athletic guy that can shoot? And it's like, I, but the, the, the thing that I went back to, and this was what I said right after the draft, is I was like, I love the pick outside of the shooting but like it doesn't have to be one or the other like i i don't i don't think you need to be all athleticism no shooting or all shooting no athleticism it's like there's guys kind of in the middle that i wanted that are like yeah they can play defense and they can also shoot a little bit and that's kind of the more of the player i wanted is like maybe not as good of a defender as jackson but like still good enough to play and they can at least shoot they can at least survive offensively and so it's like again it I like Jackson. It just, it was kind of like, damn, like we got what we wanted defensively. We got all these great aspects of him, but he's, you know, that poor as a shooter right now that it, again, it almost kind of just counteracts all that stuff. And you're kind of left going, okay, can he play offensively now? Um, Because yeah, I mean, ideally you want that youth and athleticism, but you don't want it to be with a guy that is that bad shooting. You want it to be like, we get, we get younger, we get more athletic and a guy that is, at least a capable shooter. So who knows? I mean, yeah, some of it could be, and I try to tell myself this after the draft, some of it could be the system that helps him work. You know, if they run some different offense, if they're trying in different things, maybe there is a way a non-shooter can survive next to Giannis. I don't see how that's the case. Um, Like, I just don't see how a non-shooter really, really thrives in an offense next to Giannis. I don't. Unless there's three premier shooters on the floor with him and Giannis. To where he can yeah. slash and kick. Yeah. But even then, I just feel like if you have a guy that they're sagging off into the paint on, it that there's no way you can ever tell me that that's a good thing or a fine thing to have next right. to Giannis because it's like Giannis needs as much space as possible. You know, I, he's just yep. going to be his best when he has as much space in the paint as possible. So, um, yeah, I, I think that you have to take that into account a little bit. And I was like, okay, maybe in a new system this works because – I was looking at it when we drafted him. I I definitely was looking at it more under the the bud offensive, you know, uh, under that lens of right. okay, he would never work in Bud's system because Bud's system was always Giannis and four shooters. 
And I'm like, okay, well, we do have a new coach, so maybe they're plant, maybe they have different ideas of the offense and stuff. But yeah, still, I just, I, I have trouble seeing how it'll work if he is, you know, that poor from the outside. Other names on this summer league team: Jabari Parker was one, and then some family issue came out, so he never played. That was unfortunate. Taco follows another. He's brutal. He's just so brutal. I mean, I like watching him. He is so brutal. I just there's not much. I mean, he's right there by the basket margin. He's right. He literally can touch the rim probably. And he misses. He's right. Just dunk the damn basketball taco. Like this ain't all. Just dunk it. He's like playing volleyball with the ball. And just dunk the damn thing. What are we doing? Quit screwing around. Throw the damn thing in. That that, that drives me nuts. Watching him drives me nuts. Nico Mannion. Man, I saw his name. I was like, man, I like watching him in Arizona. All right, this is cool. Game one. Like, dude, what's up with the dude? Like the hair, the beard, the whole thing. It's not working. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the whole dude. So that took a little getting used to. Okay, fine. This isn't the same one. He's growing up. Fine. No. He's not good enough either. He, he's not good enough to play on this roster. Because immediately I was like, oh, they need a backup point guard. If he's good, maybe he'll get an invite to yeah, you know, to training camp. And, and then we'll see what he does in training camp. Maybe he makes it as the 15th guy on the roster as a backup point guard. As brought up in the John Horse interview, they don't have a backup point guard as of right now. Uh, so maybe that would work. But he hasn't shown to be good enough to be that either. So I really of this entire roster, the only other guy for me, other than Bochamp, that's looked decent, Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy can play now. Solid, not the most athletic, like you said. Basketball smart, can do the, the things that you need him to do. Not going to be anything earth shattering, but he doesn't make many mistakes. He's just going to do what, he, what he's supposed to do. Defensively, probably limited because of athleticism. Uh, in the NBA, but I don't know. He he to me he's he's looked he's probably my next favorite guy after after Bochamp so far through two games. But Timmy is Timmy is a guy that like he's a classic. Okay, he'll look fine in the summer league, but he would never be an NBA player guy. I don't know, man. Like like Luca Garza. Like if you put Luca Garza out there, he would dominate these games, but he'd never get time on an NBA team like meaningful minutes. Garza played in this last year, didn't he? Well, barely, not anything meaningful. He's not good. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just saying. I, uh, it, the guys I've Garza seen, Timmy like a, and Bochamp, those are the two. Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, what, what about, um, what about uh, I don't even know how you pronounce his first name, but Gortman or Gortman? The oh, yeah, guard? he's played well. He's been yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, he has played well. Uh, and and he's, he's, on a, got, he's on a two-way, I think, right? He's athletic. He's got some explosion to his game uh, as well. He's aggressive, uh, the way we see it through two games. So I guess maybe there's a chance that, that maybe he's the other guy. Uh, but yeah, and he's another uh didn't he is he a G League Ignite guy? Ignite guy? I think so. I think check. he's a G League guy too, if memory serves correct. Uh, uh over overtime elite, I think. Overtime elite, yeah. But he's one yeah. of those G League guys that they yeah, yeah. One of, instead of going to college, he went uh over there to do the G League thing. Uh, yeah, so that would be another guy. I forgot about him. That's my fault. Thanks for pointing that out. All right, next one. Uh, reaction to the Bucks interview with John Horst did with Eric Name of The Athletic. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, if you don't subscribe, you're an idiot. I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. If you're a Bucks fan and you don't, seriously. I mean, you've got both these guys, uh, Eric Name and Ozarski. I think they both do a great job. And, and you should be following both of them because they both have really good stuff. Now, this one-on-one interview he talks about getting younger uh, and having more athleticism and developing 
uh, and so forth. And he talks about the importance of Chris Middleton, the importance of Brooke Lopez. They bring back Robin Lopez. He talks about Jay Crowder. Word comes out today. Jay Crowder is on a vet minimum deal one year. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me the rest of the league all saw what I saw. He won't very good. So ain't nobody else going to pay him. So either you can stay where you are and play with this crew with a whole new coaching staff because you didn't like the last coaching staff who didn't play you and get to play with the honest and chase a ring again, or you can go try your luck somewhere else and see if you can get on the floor. That's what it told me when I saw that he signed for a vet minimum deal. They all saw what I saw, which was he wasn't very good. Same thing Bud saw, which is why he didn't play him that much in the postseason. He was all bent out of shape. What did it say to you? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what it confirms. Um, I wasn't sure what his market would be. I thought it would be a little bit higher. I didn't think it would be anything big, but I was expecting, okay, we'll probably have to pay him maybe $5 million to stay here because I just don't think he's a minimum guy. But, you know, hey, I mean, I'm not going to complain about getting a guy for a min. And, I mean, honestly, as much, you know, as bad as he was last year and as disappointing as the whole trade was, I mean, even with that, like, if getting him on a min is a pretty big win, in my opinion. Like, I think a guy that has a, you know, he's a veteran and you know what he can give you defensively. Now, did he give it to you last year? No, but again, there's a full full year, new coaching staff, all that stuff that could help that. And you just know he's a, a pretty decent shooter. So his history, you know, with what he's what he's proven he can do in this league, it's a pretty good guy to have on a vet man, in my opinion. The comments by John Horse on Robin Lopez. I'm not going to read all of this because I want you to read uh, Eric Name's article, but he, here's one. There are also some bigger teams in the NBA over the last couple of years. Uh, than there have been in the past. I think you saw what Denver was able to do. They utilized their size in a big way. I think you've seen some of our conference opponents kind of get bigger. And so I think that was another reason to really be kind of up to speed with what's happening in our league. I think our league is getting a little bit bigger. So we feel great about Robin Lopez. Now, we talked about Jackson not being able to shoot. Robin Lopez, what does he provide? He provides defense, right? He provides physicalness. He's going to scrap with whoever it has to scrap with, get the loose balls, get the rebounds. Uh, good team guy, good chemistry guy. We saw that the last time he was here. It seemed like the, the locker room was really loose for the most part when he was here the last time with all the wrestling antics and stuff they did in pregame and all that stuff. That scared me to death. Uh, with all that stuff that they did. I like the Robin Lopez thing. People on Twitter did not like it as much as I did. I thought it was solid. Uh, do you agree that the league's getting bigger? To me, I – I kind of scratched my head a little bit, and I was like, who's getting bigger? Like, what, what am I missing? Because Porzingis is in the East. Now we're getting bigger. That's one dude. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I can't think of a lot of teams that are stacked with seven-footers uh, that the Bucks have to deal with night in and night out in the NBA. Yeah, I'm not – I don't know. I don't think it's a huge difference now that teams are really focusing on size. I do think Miami was undersized rather than Denver was really big. Um and I think teams yep. just have to know how to use 
size to their advantage. And the Bucks, that's something they've kind of struggled with in the Heat series is because Miami's undersized, the Bucks really didn't attack that the way they needed to. There was a few times they did. I know they did in game two, and there were periods the other games they did where they would really just keep going down low to Giannis and Brooke and hammer that, and it was working. And they didn't do it quite enough as they needed to. You see a team like Denver do it. I, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's a matter of like, Denver was just that big, and that's why they were so good. I think it's more just, okay, they had a size advantage in that matchup, and they knew how to use it. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think it's something that, oh, you have to be, you have to have this many big guys. You have to have, have this much size to be able to play well in this league and be able to succeed. I don't necessarily think that's the case, but we did we did definitely need another guy. We need another body, someone to just, you know, whether it's, if something happens to one of our, our big guys or just for simple, just simply for depth, um, have another body there. So um, can't complain about Robin on a minimum. I don't, you know, again, there's not a ton of guys out there that would be much better. Malik Beasley, a guy that side, and that news broke during a Green and Growing podcast a, a couple of weeks ago. Thanks, Nathan Marzan, for being all over that. John Horst talks about that. This is, I found interesting. He says, uh, I think it starts with the fact that he made more threes than anybody in the league last year off the bench. Not that he's going to be a bench player. That's to be determined. There's open competition. Whoa. <laughs> looky, looky here. Okay, Nathan Marzian, who would you rather have start? Who would you rather have come off the bench? Allen versus Beasley. I'm not even going to put Connaughton in because I don't think that's legitimate. So Beasley versus Grayson. I think I think Grayson. I just think he's better defensively, and they're. I mean, Beasley's like it, Beasley's so Grayson more. Grayson a start, you're saying? Yeah, Beasley's more athletic offensively and just overall. But like Grayson's a better defender and an equal, if not better, shooter. So I'm just like, I'll just start Grayson, and then I think Beasley having some of that athleticism coming off the bench probably is more beneficial than putting it with the already athletic guys we have in you know, our starters. So um, I think it's probably more beneficial to have that athleticism coming off the bench because here's the thing. People are going to sit there and people, I know right away people are going to be calling for, oh, we don't need, like Grayson can't be our starting shooting guard. We need to start Beasley, blah, blah, blah. But then if they start Beasley, it runs in a complaint that our bench has no athleticism, no spark and all. And it's like, well, that's because you started Beasley. And like, that's because you're taking your athleticism and all putting it in the starting lineup. Right. Same with if you started Marjan, it's like I, you have to kind of, balance that out a little bit i think that's part of the reason some of these teams keep you know guys like hero or guys like pool and on the bench and as their sixth man it's because you need some of that to run the second unit yep. and you can't just put it all in the starting lineup otherwise when those guys go out you're going to kind of struggle couldn't have said any better so i'm not going to elaborate on it because i think he hit it perfect now this is the this is the part of the interview that i I just shook my head and said, I'm going to my numbers guy, Marzian here, because I don't know who he's talking about, and there has to be quite a few for him to reference it. Within this answer, again, there's lots more to this. I'm just picking out points uh, in this. Thing. John Horst said, and I'm going to say quote because I'm assuming Eric Name is writing this word for word in the athletic. When talking about Beasley, quote, we've had players who are good shooters and really become kind of elite shooters in our system. End quote. That 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 is what I want to focus on. That right there. Who is he talking about? Who in the world became an elite shooter for the Milwaukee Bucks? Because if we're going to talk about elite, that's Ray Allen, that's Steph Curry. That those are elite shooters, right? Who? So, 
the one that comes to mind that was good that, and became elite with the Bucks. Well, okay, this is gonna sound this is gonna sound dumb because I know he's not good. Like people don't think of him as a good oh, shooter, but right. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Yes. What are Drew his Holiday. numbers before Milwaukee? Okay. What are they now? So Drew Holiday. I'll start from 2015. Early in his career, he had a couple nice seasons, but starting with 2015, 34%, 36%, 34%, 33%, 35%. Yes. Okay. So I'll, I'll just say them again. Just so 34, 36, 34, 33, 35, and then comes to the Bucks, 39, 41, 38. That's not elite. 30, I mean, it's yes, better. 39, 39, 40% is elite. That's it's good. As, yeah. And then, I want like I was gonna say I mean Grayson, but Grayson was already a good shooter that doesn't he didn't get any much better with us. Um, he said we've had players. I'm sorry. If you want to go with Drew, okay, I'll give you one. And that's but not even a good. I don't think that's a good. Yeah, good to elite because that means you had, Drew Holiday was a good shooter. Now he's an elite shooter. Like three point contest. Here's our guy. Go get him, buddy. You got him. Like we don't. Come on, man. Like, there's just no way. If I would have been Eric name, I would have started laughing. It's a John. Seriously, who are you talking about? Like, who went from good to elite? Yes, you could say it, and we're just going to gloss over and move on. But that's not who I am. I read this stuff, and I go word for word and see what these guys say. And I'm sorry. I call BS on that. Like, I there's just I – don't, I don't know who these guys are that you're talking about that I clearly am missing because I feel like every year on the big show, or on the Green and Gold, or on that Green and Gold post game show, but on the on the post game show after Bucks games, I did for all those years. It was always we need shooting, we need shooting, we need shooting, we need shooting. And this dude's talking about oh, we've had players that have gone from good to elite in our system. Oh, all right, stop. I, I've got I've got two more for you. These again, you these aren't these are stretches. Whatever you got. Well, they're both like for one year that they went from good year. to elite. <laughs> for one year, Bryn Forbes went from thirty eight to forty. He went, hey, listen, he went from 38 to 45 with us. And Bobby Portis went from 36 with the Knicks to 47 with the Bucks in one year. Now he went back down to 39 and 37. But he had a year. How many games you could did Portis play that year? 70. Oh, that's good. That's a good size, good size amount. All right. So, so maybe he's using these one year sample yeah. sizes. But again, both of them, I mean, neither one of those guys was like, and same with Drew. Like, that's not like it carried over to the playoffs. It's not like they were huge three-point threats for us all season like i feel like they just kind of had random good years or you know good in the regular season but as soon as it mattered they didn't really play as well so Bryn forbes god i i was so happy when i got rid of that dude i was done and, he, and now, even he even forbes was like a, a he was known as a good shooter it's not like he went from like oh he's an average shooter to he's a great shooter with the bucks right like, yeah no i i i hear you i'm just saying like i yeah Maybe maybe that's what John Horse would point to. Listen to your partner, Nathan Marzion Sparky. He gave you guys Bobby Bobby Portis and Bryn Forbes, elite shooters in the NBA, thanks to the Milwaukee Bucks. You're missing the mark, Spark. You're missing the mark. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm missing the mark. I don't know, but that seems to me like an absolute insanely crazy take uh, by John Horse trying to sell this Malik Beasley thing. He didn't have to sell Malik Beasley. Malik Beasley, what, he had more three-pointers than anybody off the bench last year? You got you don't gotta sell me that the guy can shoot. I think you've seen enough that that he could shoot and so forth. And he does go on to talk about his answer about you know playing with Giannis and Middleton and, and within this system where Agent Griffin demands defense and so forth. That maybe that will make him better defensively. And he's still relatively young, so it's not like he's thirty five. 
uh, and his career is almost over and he's washed up and it's about done. They're, you're still going to get something out of him. Uh, your, any takeaways outside of what I brought up there with the interview with uh, Mr. Horst and Eric Name of The Athletic, uh, Mr. Marzian, before we wrap this bad boy up? The the only one that came like that I kind of noticed was, and I know the you know the GM isn't gonna say his plans and say you know oh we we're looking to trade someone, but they asked him about you know the lack of point guards and if that's an area they still need to address whether yep. it's through free agency or you know through a vet minimum guy or whatever, and his answer was something along the lines of you know we're we're at peace with where we're at right now. And we believe we have a lot of good secondary ball handlers on this team and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That to me tells me that, and again, I, I, I don't expect him to come out and be like, oh yeah, we're, we're still looking to try to trade Grayson for a point. Like, I know he's not going to say that. I'm not dumb. I'm not, I know he's not going to say that, but you easily could have been like, yeah, we're looking to still, you know, we're, we're looking at all avenues to potentially upgrade and we're still exploring all of our options. And, you know, if they were really looking at a trade, his answer did make it seem like, it made it seem to me like they're not really looking too much at that as a problem. And they're not really trying to go for a big trade for that. Like I know people brought up trading Grayson and Pat or Bobby for Colin Sexton. If they were really trying to do that, I just don't think that would have been his answer. I don't think he would have brought up, Oh, I, I like our secondary ball handlers. Like, I don't know. That's just my take from that. And so it, it made it to me less likely that I'm expecting them to go for a, a trade like that. And I don't, I don't necessarily mind that. I haven't been in love with Colin Sexton. I know everyone else for whatever reason is, but um, yeah. I, do I want them to get another guard? Yes, but I don't want them to be trading multiple good role players to go do it for a guy that is like in Sexton. He's six one, one ninety, very undersized. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm not a huge believer in that. So yeah. I talked about that Colin Sexton rumor on the podcast on Thursday when I had to do it by myself because Things were going crazy on Thursday night for me personally, so I had to record it without Marzian. Do you, do you like him? Do you like him? Sexton? Yeah. Yeah, I like him fine. It, it, there's there's a couple reasons. One, if it's about getting younger and more athletic, he fits that bill. He fits yes. what you're talking about you need to do, right? That makes sense. This is where I struggle. A lot. Danny Ainge would have had to have fallen, hit his head, and lost his brains in order to think that getting Connaughton and Grayson Allen for a guy that you just did a sign and trade with four years or last year for a four-year deal, who's in the prime of his career coming up on his mid twenties, again, mid twenties, not early thirties, mid twenties, Colin Sexton is okay. You're going to trade him for a couple of role players on a team in which you are not ready to win a championship next year. That is not what this is in Utah. Not at all. So if this is we're building for the future and going that trade makes zero sense it doesn't make any sense now this website yeah. clutch points put together a three-team trade proposal now in their three-team trade proposal i talked about this on the podcast thursday if you want to go back and listen to it on your odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast they had the bucks in a three-team bobby portis leaves and he goes to the knicks i want to say the bucks would still give up Connaughton, would still give up grayson allen and give up malik beasley and they would get back colin saxton and tim hardaway jr uh, in that deal in exchange for those four guys. First of all, they're not going to trade Malik Beasley. They just signed Malik Beasley. Like, I don't think that's happening um, at all. You can't at e- yeah, you can't even do that for a, like a certain amount of time. Yeah, so I think that that would definitely not happen, as I pointed out. So it'd have to be a different version of that trade. But they would have – there's no way Utah makes that deal for those two. Like, I, 
I, I would question yeah. Danny Ainge's Danny Ainge's brain at that point. And Ainge has done a really good job building Utah in a short amount of time uh, with the Jazz to make you think that he would ever consider making that deal, unless there is something seriously wrong in the locker room with Colin Sexton and how he gets along with teammates, and there's a problem. Like if there's a an, a problem where he wants him out of the locker room, no matter what. Fine, but then I would hope John Horse knows what he's getting himself into if he makes that deal. Yeah, there for that to happen, there'd have to be, and again, this is part of the reason I don't want to do it. There'd have to be uh, the twenty twenty nine first attached, maybe even a the second from next year attached, or one or the other. And again, for me, I'm just like we talked about earlier, possibly going almost too far towards like just athleticism and speed and all that, and like, okay, can these guys actually are they good basketball players? Are they are they winning players? Are they giving you something in the playoffs? Like that to me is as a move that almost goes too far the other way. Like I want to trade Grayson. I want to trade Bobby. I don't want to do it for a six, one undersized guard that I just don't believe in a ton. But what about this, Nathan? What are the thinking is by horse is this? Hey, listen, we get Sexton for a year. Cause we got him for three years. If we get Sexton this year and we can mold him and Griffin can work with them and holiday and all this. And he becomes that guy. Where we're like, okay, he's our point guard going forward now. Now that gives you the opportunity to move Holiday if you want, to get you that veteran too, to play with Sexton and Middleton and Giannis and Lopez that following year. And Holiday now becomes a trade of last set going into essentially the last year of his deal or whatever it would be the following summer. Now you have your future point guard. You have a future two, three, whatever boat champ is going to be with Sexton to go with Giannis. And now you're starting to build those younger guys with Giannis if Sexton works out. Now, again, it's a big if, but maybe that's part of the thinking. But I mean, uh, yeah, I, I understand that. But at the same time, again, and if this was like, okay, you can just turn Bobby into Colin Sexton, sure. But if you're giving up Grayson and Bobby, or Grayson and Bobby and a pick, or Grayson and Pat and a pick, at that point, I mean, you're, and I, I again, I know depth is overrated in the playoffs and stuff. You only need to be like eight deep, but they yeah. won't even be eight deep at that point. If you traded all that, your se- sixth, seventh best guy would be Marjan. And it's like, maybe maybe Malik Beasley or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it would be Malik Beasley as like your six, and then Marjan as your seven. That's pretty poor depth. I mean, I don't know. I I just think. Don't forget Jay Crowder now. Yeah, and you're giving up. That's true. Actually, I forgot about Jay. And you're and you're giving up a pick. I just I don't know. It seems like a lot to me for an undersized guard. Like if we're no. giving up that much, if we're, I've I've been talking about trading Bobby. You know, I've wanted to trade Bobby. I've wanted to trade Grace, and I have no problems giving them up but if we're doing it i want it to be for a guy that like i am basically 100 percent confident that guy is going to help us in the playoffs he is a playoff guy a like he can hang on the court defensively um good size all that sexton's not that and i know he gives you he's he fills a need yes but i just i don't know if it would if it would totally work and i don't want to give up multiple guys multiple role players and a pick for a guy that I'm just not sure it would work. It does make sense though, Marzian, that they draft two wings and then say they're both on the 15 man. And then you sign green, this, the shooting guard. I mean, it would line up that they would trade Grayson to get a backup point guard. I mean, it does that from that perspective, that kind of does make sense that they're going to go young kind of at that position in exchange yes, for getting a backup point guard that they like. Yeah, and again, and again, I I'm fine trading Grayson for backup point guard, but I'm not fine trading Grayson and another right. role player yeah. and a pick for a yep. backup point guard. Like I'm I'm more like okay, I'd rather at that point 
trade Grayson to get Monte Morris, then trade Grayson and Pat and a pick to get Sexton, in my opinion. I just, and I know Sexton obviously has higher a higher ceiling than Monte Morris, but I mean, they're both undersized guards that I just like, I, I feel like they're kind of providing the same role for you of just a ball handling, you know, point guard. And it's like, I'd rather just give up less to get Monte Morris than give up a ton to get Sexton. Makes sense. He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. I'm at Sparky Radio. One last question. Why did you put that video of yourself being horrible at basketball on social media? I have to know. I mean, I saw the NBA memes thing, all that. I, I watched it and I was like, why would he post that? I don't understand. So t- tell me, what was going through your brain at that point where you said, this is a good idea. I'm going to post this. So I, I, I was it a I bad? Did you lose a bat? No. No. I, I enjoy just, you know, making fun of myself sometimes. It's like, oh, okay. Well, it's just like, it's funny. It's no. funny. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I 100% knew what I was doing. It was just, it was funny. My original plan was kind of to post it and be like, because I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and post a pic, post a video of me making a bunch of shots and like flexing on Twitter, like, oh, look how good I am. Like, no, I'm going to do the opposite and like make fun of myself and make it a joke. And so my original plan was to go out and miss those shots and post it and be like, Bucks looking for a backup point guard, like hit me right. up or whatever. And then it's just me missing a bunch of shots. And so that was kind of what the, that's kind of what prompted me to do it is just like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, make a joke out of myself basically. And obviously some people take it serious and are like, oh, like this guy sucks at bad. I'm like, I'm not, it's not a serious, I'm not good at basketball, but I'm not that bad. So I don't know, whatever. That's fine. Well, whatever. As long as you do what you're getting yourself into and you post it, I was like, okay, here comes everybody. Get ready, Marzian. Uh, and you took it. like a Oh, yeah, it was fun. It was yeah, fun, yeah. That's good. Uh, and Nathan Marzan, follow me at Sparky Radio. I will not be posting any videos of me playing any sports. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. We'll be back uh, recording another one on Thursday night. Don't forget, download on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast app. And, of course, we always live stream these on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page, so you can always watch them there as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles. Toodles.